It is August 29th, 2023, and this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast, NXT Edition. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by NYC Demon Diva Issa and Mr. Alfred Kanawa tonight to talk about everything going on in the world of professional wrestling through the lens of tonight's NXT. Build-up in NXT to no mercy. Very exciting. Long build Heritage up. Cup. Lots going on. Yeah. They're doing uh, the lowercase G1. I'm yes. glad you guys finally decided to show up for work. I did decide to show up to work. Uh, it's uh, my farewell tour, so. I, I know. It's, it's, you know, and I'll take with me the memories to be my sunshine <laughs> through the rain. Leave the memories alone. Oh, God. Um, I was in Denver last week. I saw Raj Giri. I, oh. uh, yeah, some guy. Sounds like somebody to... that I used to know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I had dinner with Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson. And uh, it was a good time. And now I'm Thanks. back. Thanks for the flex. Thanks for the flex. How uh, much time did Eric Bischoff spend talking about AEW? Not very much. Um, we talked. I mean, it was kind of it was interesting. Uh, the funny part was I went on a rant and I hadn't had anything to Never. drink, but there I am ranting about AEW. And I told Eric Bischoff what makes a good wrestling show. <laughs> and oh. I said, uh, the perfect wrestling show is the Muppets. It's when it's like the Larry oh. Sanders show and you're watching a show about a wrestling company. And to his credit, he did say, I have never thought of it that way before. Wow. Well, he should have because that's absolutely right. Yes. Uh, but no, we didn't really talk about AEW much. We talked about like AOL Time Warner, just a variety. Of I mean, it was like variety of small talk. It was nice. Conrad and I had more productive conversation just about the business. Um, and yeah, it was it was a good time, and it was good to see Raj. Sounds like a wild time. But what, what what night was this? What night of Raj were we dealing with? Thursday night Raj, Friday night Raj. This was Raj on a Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. Okay, so yeah. kind of like like a setup seven out of ten. Not not going full yeah. hard. Yeah, he was good though. He was on his home turf though, you know, in Denver. So, yeah, it's good, good times. But no, I missed you both. And now for the news, Friday night is going to be your last show with Issa and I. Yes, yes, I will be leaving the Wrestling Inc. podcast with a heavy heart. Unfortunately, I really don't like doing like long emotional goodbyes or anything like that. I understand Issa is uh, hiding her screen at the moment, but uh, I will be leaving the Wrestling Inc. podcast to pursue my thriving YouTube channel and comedy career and other outside pursuits uh, at the moment. It's been a great time here at the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I love the platform that I've been on, and more importantly, the personal connections I've made with all of you. It's been great. And this isn't goodbye. I'll see you later. I will be back. After Cody Rhodes beats Roman Reigns on WrestleMania 40, Kevin said, I See can't come never. back to that podcast. See you never. <laughs> <laughs> you still owe me Applebee's. I do. That, that is still happening. That this Me leaving this podcast will not break that deal. I will honor that deal. Okay, good. Well, there you go. Well, for the second, for the penultimate time, Alfred, before we talk about NXT, what's going on in the news? What isn't going on in the news, Glenn? Let's talk about our favorite cousin, Cousin Phil, CM Punk. Of course, for the uninitiated, there's going to be a lot of speculation here, a lot of gossip from the tabloid wrestling media. Just There's like 18 sides to this story, okay? So we don't know what's true. We don't know what's not true. We're going to give you the TLDR in terms of what's going on with CM Punk. What are the latest updates? The TLDR, too long, didn't read. CM Punk got in a fight with Jungle Boy at All In shortly before his entrance. It may or may not have been one of the reasons that the show started 10 minutes late. Uh, CM Punk and Jungle Boy's issues stem from Jungle Boy's use of real glass. Of course, during his match against Hook during the Zero Hour pre-show, they used legitimate glass on a limousine. And Jungle Boy looked into the camera and Jungle Jack said, real glass, cry me a river. Many assume and know that that was directed at CM Punk, who allegedly did not want him using glass. Honestly, Rizzy. I pop for that. I uh, Before yes. we found out what was going on, as I'm watching the pre-show, huge pop for Jungle Boy doing that. I thought it was fun. Apparently, so it wasn't. Jungle Boy's talking his stuff, and CM Punk, as he does with anybody who has a problem with him, he's like a human Twitter account, so he gets in a fight with Jungle Boy. There are reports that Nero had a problem with CM Punk, and they had words. CM Punk may or may not have chewed out Tony Khan. CM Punk mm. may or may not 
have threatened to quit the company. CM Punk may or may not be suspended along with Jack Perry. Uh, I will give a shout out to Nick Hausman, Chicago's own Nick Hausman, who's got his boots to the ground and does have a tricky relationship with CM Punk, who did report that CM Punk uh, did not receive proper communication with AEW when he arrived at the Heathrow Airport. Uh, he had a taxi did not show up. The number that he texted for the AEW driver bounced back. And so now there is the CM Punk wave is saying that CM Punk is being done dirty by the Young Bucks in AEW. There was a travel coordinator conspiracy that you can look into on your own. Basically, CM Punk still has problems with AEW. And I know every time we talk about CM Punk, which seems like a weekly thing on this podcast, you guys say that you're over it and you don't want to talk about it anymore. And I completely understand that because this has been going on for about a year now. But that's where you and I differ because I love talking about Cousin Phil and CM Punk AEW drama. And before I throw it to you guys, I just want to make a reminder that uh, right now on Pro Wrestling Bits, my thread, the YouTube channel, I did release a video on CM Punk suspension. I do have a whole playlist on all of CM Punk's antics with AEW, 18 videos in county, and I will be coming out with a documentary on CM Punk's AEW issues. I don't know whether I want to release it within the next couple of weeks or when CM no, Punk's you inevitably wanna, you fired or quits. We get the save, save that for Sunday. Yeah, I want to wait until CM Punk maybe ultimately flames out somehow. I don't know how this is going to end, but I feel like it's going to be a very exciting for whoever, whatever party. It's going to be a very exciting, uh, explosive ending. But uh, of course, CM Punk, uh, AEW, I'll throw it to you guys in a second. But I did want to bring this to your attention. Uh, Another news story that we'll just throw in there. uh, AEW Collision had 552,000 viewers. So up over 500,000. We like that. Down a little bit in the demo. But AEW Collision this weekend is in the death spot of all death spots. It is up against the return of college football. USC kicking off this season with Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman. USC is going to win the national title. It's going to be primetime college football and WWE payback at the same damn time. So if CM Punk is indeed suspended, we're going into collision versus college football and WWE pay-per-view. And it might not forget being the lowest rated collision of all time. This might be the lowest rated television program in AEW history. But uh, starting with you, Issa, what are our thoughts about CM Punk and the latest drama he has with AEW and just about everybody in their locker room? I think the CM Punk, uh, CM Punk fan fiction that we saw in the timeline today was incredible reads. There was a lot of different versions. I can't get over CM Punk having to take the train and getting lost. <laughs> like He's from a city. Like I, I, I get the whole drama. Like, oh, my God, AEW didn't have anybody like yeah, did you expect somebody to be? It's AEW, like they're not known for being organized. <laughs> but uh, but like the fact that he went on to get lost and he's like, aren't you from a city? Because I'm pretty sure once you lived in a big city, I, I don't know, I can figure out yeah. my way any city that I visit. So uh, you have a lot of wrestling fans that, I th- that, that flew into London for the first time that seemed to find their way around, but CM Punk got lost. Oh, how tragic. <laughs> Um, in a I, city where they speak the same language. Yeah, no, no, no. They don't speak Chicago or whatever the hell it is that they speak. Um, like the amazing also, race. Also, there's just something so comical. There's one of the versions out of the 30 that are out there that I read that <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face, but he said that Jungle Boy said, do something about it. And if Jungle Boy tried to step up to me and say, do something about it, I would just bust out laughing. Like, I wouldn't even choke him out. I would just laugh, like, be like, what's all 90 pounds of you going to do? Like, you know what I'm saying? But I guess Jungle Boy have bigger balls than what I anticipated. That's the first thing I said when he pulled that move on the pre-show. I was like, well, Jungle Boy's got some balls on him because I, I or I thought maybe they had squared it out. You know what I mean? I was like, maybe they squared away and they, because... That's the thing with AEW. They use this backstage drama so much and they make it, like, put it into storylines that you don't even know what's happening when. But it just feels like, I feel like it's across the board, we all know that CM Punk is sensitive. So I feel like if your drama was with him, don't use it on your storyline. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't use it on your match. Don't say anything. Don't, you know. But um, I, I don't know. I, I think that suspending him and not having him part of All Out, it could be... Uh, uh, finally, some kind of sign of 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 rep- like repercussion for your actions from Tony Khan because I do think that it's not the smartest business decision. You know what I mean to mm-hmm. do all out, but all out has always been in Chicago. That's another thing that's driving me crazy. A lot of people say, "How can you not?" And it's like, okay, all out has always been in Chicago since before CM Punk coming yeah. back was even a thought. So it's like, who cares if it's gonna be there or not? It was. It would have been there regardless whether CM Punk was here or not. 
Uh, but I do think that if the suspension is true, because last I heard before I went live is that he's not really suspended. If the suspension is true, then maybe it is a sign that we're finally going to start kind of like taking matters and, and like doing things. But I think it's a shame that AW just had such a big show, such a historic night. And it is, this is what everybody's talking about. Just if only there was a way that these two men, if only they had a forum, a venue, some way they could settle their grievances in some size sort of organized combat. Oh my God, of some sort i mean that's not how it works with cm punk glenn if aew smart if they're not suspended they got to do this match it all out he'll sue you and your mom ask I mean, Cole Cabana. <laughs> they have to do this it all out i mean alfred they've slept on so many opportunities with him and th- i mean this they stepped all over their own pop aew this should have been their crowning moment of triumph the biggest paid attendance for a professional wrestling event in history. And everyone wanted to talk about CM Punk and this backstage fight and what happened. Yeah. Like if they can't turn this into a storyline for this pay-per-view that's had almost no build. They will not. I can, I can guarantee you this will not be a storyline. I, mean, I don't even know if we'll see CM Punk again. Who knows what's going to happen coming out of this podcast. There's no what, uh, if there's, there's no collision. They might as well just make that the ring of honor show. If, uh, Punk is out. I would love to see them duke it out. I thought you were going to say that they should fight at Raw Underground, which I personally well, think you that could that do. Would be the move. You, I mean, you could set up the Raw. You could bring. What if Shane O'Mac debuts it all out with the Raw Underground set, and that's where CM Punk and Jack Perry have a shoot UFC fight? I think Jack I Perry could take it. him. Yeah, Jack Perry would have a shot if they got to go into their training camps for a couple of months. But the thing that's Jack Perry ain't got no shot around anybody. I mean, I think CM Punk. After, yeah, after seeing career. two fights of CM Punk losing to a journalist who was high and losing to Mickey Gall, who is uh, God bless Mickey Gall, but has turned out to not really be all that great of a fighter. I think Jack Perry has a chance. He can land a lucky shot. He can land a left hook. And Cousin Phil, who knows what that jaw's made of? I want to see Jack Perry and CM Punk in a cage, not in the wrestling storyline. Dana White needs to be hitting these guys up. I mean, this is just this is just so self-destructive that here we are in 2023, all elite wrestling in the span of five, six years has gone to putting on one of the largest wrestling events in history with the largest paid attendance. And they just cannot, I mean, Tony Khan cannot help himself one step forward five steps back yeah and it wasn't just that night of all in because there was that drama at all in at the actual site but it's funny because there was like a go-home build-up to this drama that overseeded the pay-per-view yeah. build-up itself to where there was a couple of weeks of cm punk banning people from collision and he's yes. getting into arguments with jungle boy and all you heard for that three-week build-up that was supposed to be their home stretch was about cm punk do something and then the with payoff it, happened at the pay-per-view so there's like this whole alternate universe of cm yes. punk drama that's lining up with aew's pay-per-view build and the thing about all out this year i agree with you Issa. yes they do do all out in chicago every year the different here not only are they doing it in the united center which is a much bigger venue than the now arena that they used to do it in but also it's coming a week after all in so people are really gonna have to be convinced to want to buy this pay-per-view and cm punk one of the biggest draws not being on that pay-per-view uh one week after all in i think is also gonna help it hurt it yeah of course i mean who doesn't want to see cm punk put on a mid performance like he's been doing since he's been back can't wait. Um, Take all my money. Him and Samoa Joe put on a, a decent match. Samoa yeah, Joe put on a match. decent match. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like, I like, I, okay, I had issues with how dominant Samoa Joe was. And then like CM Punk, which I love that he finished with the Pepsi plunge. I actually really appreciated that. A lot of people criticized the uh, GTS that he hit on Samoa Joe on Collision because it did look like ass and we it, this is an age he's always struggled with people that are much heavier much bigger than him doing the gts so i'm glad that he went to a different move to finish samoa joe but i feel like samoa joe was so dominant it felt like the ending was very anticlimactic like he just mm-hmm. hit this move and then he's done like that part i didn't like but there was a couple of spots there like when samoa joe put him through the table he actually went through that like i i was not expecting the visual of that like it was a great it was it was fun but I just haven't seen, uh, oh, my God, you have to go back and rewatch this match over and over again from CM Punk since he's been back in this run. I haven't. 
And well, CM Punk is yeah. the one thing that's overrated about CM Punk. He's never been like a great wrestler, especially in terms of technical wrestling. He works his ass off and he knows how to tell a story and he's a great character and great on promos, but he's always been kind of an awkward athlete who's not like an exceptional technical wrestler. I can't name off the top of my mind too many great technical wrestling matches CM Punk has had. My favorite CM Punk matches are always storyline driven, like his match against John Cena. He had that great match against Jericho that I think is underrated at WrestleMania. And a lot of his matches that are great matches are like storyline driven so i'm not cm punk that's why it's such a big draw is because of the character because of the talking in or out of the ring for whatever reason you want to give the guy's always been a lightning rod and a draw so i've never gone to a cm punk match like i want to see this great technical match and i don't think yeah. the drop off has been that much at 50 there years have old. been matches of cm punk that are rewatchable whether it's because of not the match itself just because of the story but how yeah. many times have people gone back and watched that john cena money in the bank match in 2011 a million times that that, yeah. that match is there for everybody you know what i mean like his match with brock his match with the undertaker I'm not saying these were technical like masters, no. but I'm saying these are matches that you will go back and watch. Yeah. And I can't tell you one since it's been with AEW that I will say like, oh my God, I need to go back and rewatch this match because it was awesome. There's a cat fight outside of my window. What I want to know is how are... CM Punk! I'm going to name that cat CM Punk. How are we going to get through Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, and All Out with so much of the roster, CM Punk's friends, punching lockers and walls backstage? We got to make another show. The last time CM Punk was suspended, he came back with a new show. We got to add a fourth show to the AEW programming to keep him away from Miro and Jack Perry. He's got more enemies they got to protect him from. So we, no, yeah. they got to bring you know? back AEW backstage, but this time CM Punk yeah. has a body cam that he carries at all times, and we just watch, you know, what happens <laughs> with CM Punk backstage. That's a show right there. I mean, and if the if the not picking him at the airport CM was... Pause? Yes. If not picking him at the airport, it should have been a rib. The Bucks should have like hired like Mr. Bean or something to pick him up in a limo and then take him on like a wacky misadventure through London. Oh, that GoPros, you know. The the picture of him with the fan in the train is priceless. That was making the rounds around social media uh, yesterday. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. How did AEW backstage fail so badly, given how toxic and crazy the backstage environment is, where you're hearing all these stories, and then you see the show, and it is the most tame, fake version of reality television. It's like, I thought this is what we were going to see on AEW backstage, but they can't even, like, talk about it legally and whatnot. How did they drop the ball with AEW backstage? Yeah, bad timing with Cody's exit and everything. I don't know. Crazy man, it's a weird time. Uh, anything else going on in the wrestling world? No, that oh. was uh, our news. Just cousin Phil dominating the headlines as usual. Uh, <laughs> I would like Alfred. to say keep up the good work, but I don't, I don't know who's I'm not on anybody's side. Okay, I, I Alfred, just... if you're leaving this podcast, it should be to have a daily, maybe three times daily CM Punk watch. Oh, sure. you know. Yeah, and just report. The but you have news. to start like punk watch, like instead of yeah. panda watch, you have to be like punk watch. Yeah. <laughs> if I can get a graphic, then I'll think about it. <laughs> and just every rumor, every reaction, every theory, every tweet, you know, I think there's something there. The conspiracy uh, theories have been great with CM Punk, by the way. All the some of them do have some legs. I'm not even gonna say that I don't believe any of them. The conspiracy about the travel coordinator yeah. is crazy because the person that people are saying is the travel coordinator is the person that plays one of the young bucks stand in on BTE. Mm-hmm. Like this person is clearly very close to the young bucks. So it's like, did he get sabotaged? But at the same time, like while I think it is a shame. It's like, bro, you're from Chicago. You can find your way around. Now, now you're being a little extra about it, you know, like, but yeah. that's just, but I get it. There is an expectation, right? And, and you would assume everybody else got picked up. Everybody else got their stuff sorted out. Why not him? There is one other crazy story going around that he freaking started screaming. I hate it here. Well, I mean, <laughs> and and he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, can you blame him? I don't, I don't know how he's being treated. But he bought dinner for some co-workers after the show. That's always nice. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, it was probably just FDR. <laughs> or was he like, you guys can have a couple slices of my pizza if you want it? No, it was uh, that mm-hmm. one place. I don't know. Nando's? Nando's? I don't know the name. Malik Black, $2, saying AEW backstage is more wild than the NXT parking lot. Uh, yeah. It's up there. It's up there. It depends. Is, there. It, is CM Punk backstage or not? If CM Punk is backstage, then yes. If not, it's not more wild than the. We NBA. need live feeds for these backstage, just like Big Brother does. We need like live Big Brother. Feeds 
for the AEW backstage environment. I need it. Do you think people would be more afraid of upsetting CM Punk if they had not seen his UFC career? <laughs> you know, they are no. afraid now. So if he... <laughs> That's why. That's why they're not afraid. Because they saw his UFC career. No, no. I'm saying that some people are actually seem pretty intimidated by him. But I, I get it. Because he does have a lot of ops. So maybe that is it. They think that they can take him. Even Jungle Jack Perry. I can't help but to just imagine Jungle Paris and do something about it. <laughs> that is a good analysis, though, Glenn. I, that, his UFC career has empowered a lot of people I'm to stick saying, up. I'm just saying, like, if you saw somebody take a beating the way he did in UFC, and even during that documentary, like, not the most intimidating dude. Yeah. You know? But he's a trained fighter. I mean, technically, yes. Glenn, Glenn. He's a trained fighter, but look, wins and losses matter. If you're a trained fighter and your fight record is zero and two, yes, you have technically been trained to fight. How effective it was is up to question. Just saying. I want to see him shoot fighting because those are the top of the, or at least they're in the UFC level. I don't know how he'd fare against AEW wrestlers in shoot fights. And at this point, given how... It's not going in a good direction with him as part of the locker room. Just have him fight them for real. Yes. Get what you can out of this man. It's a fire sale. I don't know if you know it, but this is the fire sale era of CM Punk. Let me ask you guys something. If you you are the company owner, you get rid of him, what do you do? I've said this. Basically, every take I've had about CM Punk has been right. I would have fired him after the – I would have fired him – Midway to that tantrum that he cut in front. If I'm the owner and he does that to me, and this is just me, I'm petty. It's so it's Tony Khan, but I would have fired him in front of all the wrestling media right then and there. Before the fight, and I would have had him escorted by security so he doesn't fight anybody. This would have been done one year ago mm-hmm. today. What about you, Glenn? People in the chat, let me know what you would do. I mean, you could, you, I'm a billionaire. You, you could book him in a series of shoot fights yeah. on TV. I don't know. I mean, it's just I know I, th- I think get everything you can at this point because you know uh, the future, as Natasha Benningfield said, the future is, is unwritten. They're in way punk. too deep. They have to they have to just ride this thing until the wheels fall off, and the wheels will fall off, and it'll be very violent. And but they're in too deep. They gave the guy his own show. They're doing these shows in Chicago. They're in way too deep with CM Punk. Yeah, they well, married the stripper. <laughs> you know that honeymoon that honeymoon was passionate it was lit lit. uh okay let's talk about nxt tonight looking fully triggered by that comment uh, um the dyad which he got that late he got that so late (laughs) i had to think about it (laughs) the dyad with schism took on the Creed Brothers in a steel cage match. If the Creed Brothers win, they're officially part of NXT again. Why send them away? I don't know. This was the (laughs) weirdest storyline that, I mean, there's been a lot. Have you noticed this actually in NXT? There's been a lot of storylines that like started and then just like, was like, no, we're not doing that. Or they they just either forgot about it or undid it. Like it's been kind of, it wouldn't surprise me to find out that they changed writers like in the last month or so. Yeah, this has happened where they, I mean, this was basically what that storyline was with Kiana James and Fallon Henley and all that. No, but at least least there was a real resolution there. Yeah. A couple broke up, Alfred. They eventually did kind of paid off, but we never got to see who Sebastian was and it was very Mm. cluttered. I didn't like it. Tony D'Angelo went to jail only to get out of jail. <laughs> That's usually what happens unless you really come well, back crime. You know, he's the Don of NXT. But uh, this like this opening match was good. I think Creed, them being away for a little bit, made it better when they wrestled tonight. But Issa, well, what do you think of this? They look badass. I love this yeah. match. He yeah. had, like, uh, for... A story that I was like going into, and I'm like, oh god, we're gonna get this match again. You know, the steel cage mm-hmm. intrigued me when I saw that being the first visual that we saw tonight. You know, it's gonna be crazy because NXT does deliver in ring. But my god, this was 
really, really a lot of fun. It was fast mm -hmm. moving. There was some crazy move. Brutus was on hook mode. Like I have fun watching this entire team. I just, I can't help but to wonder what I said. Why send them away? Why do this other half? Is it just to milk the storyline longer? I'm not sure. But the match tonight, it was lit. It was fun. Yeah, I feel like they sent them away as a way to troll the internet because we think we know everything. Yeah. We've been reading yeah. the reports that the dyad's on their way out and they just wanted to stick it to us. And then after they did, they said, oh crap, we actually got to like, have an excuse as to how they come back. And that's why it kind of strung I thought this match was awesome. I thought both Creed brothers looked like badasses in like two-on-one environments. Julius Creed was like so good. That one-armed powerbomb, which was all, I don't know which dyad member, I always get them confused, but I don't know which one he powerbomb, but it was all him in terms of taking that one-armed powerbomb. That looked awesome. And I thought Julius looked like a badass. And then when Brutus came back, he looked like a badass. I thought this was a great welcome back party for the Creed brothers. This is really cool. Probably my favorite Creed brothers match. And Same. Malik, Malik Black, $2, saying Brutus getting kidnapped was hilarious, though. I mean, yeah, there were good moments in the build to this. Uh, but look, Creed won. They were there celebrating with Ivy Nile. The diamond mine lives on. They're having a much better time than Roderick Strong right now. But <laughs> Shout out to Alicia, because the, the visual of him ripping up the cage door, and then he started, like, yeah. hurling them with the cage door. Like, it was a, it was a fun opener. It was a mm -hmm. fun opener. It was a great, and we had a fun closer too. They remember the beginning, they remember the end, and XT started and ended strong tonight. Yeah. Um, hot opening match. Then we went Carmelo Hayes backstage with the family and the Street Profits, but they were distracted when they saw a brawl between Dana Brooke and Kalani Jordan and Electra Lopez and Lola Vice, which spilled into the area. I love seeing the Street Profits here. It's good. Yeah. I'm hoping that they're here to scoop up Carmelo Hayes and, and uh, Trick Williams because I, I don't forget that Bobby Lashley mentioned them at the beginning of their partnership. So that's what I was hoping they were here to do. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I love their interaction with uh, the D'Angelo's and this was fun. It's, it's fun how they've been using main roster characters on NXT mm. differently when they, when they have them show up. Yeah, yeah, I like the, yeah. No, yeah, go ahead. So Kevin with the $2 super chat saying the creeds are the future of tag team wrestling. I think this time away it gives them a nice soft reboot in yeah. NXT that could work well. Alfred, what were you saying? Future of tag team and singles. I think both guys Ooh. in watching this, not that this is what I needed to see, but I think just if you watch this match, you'll see the potential both guys have as single stars because they each kind of had to carry their own weight at one point in the match and they were great in doing so. But uh, I, I thought this was a, a good segment. I thought we were going to get some kind of resolution, like we were going to get a Street Profit challenge of a tag team title or yeah. why they were there or something like that. They just kind of, they were obviously interrupted, but that left us hanging as to what the Street Profits were doing. And it's weird because they're in this transitional phase where it's like they turn heel, or at least they attack like they turn heel. And the announcers are saying that they have this new aggressive attitude, but they're Still acting like baby faces. They still have the baby yeah. face entrance. It's going to be slow, but it's weird that we got the heel turn and now they're kind of going back to being baby faces. Uh, me and uh, Jack and I discussed this because Jack said on Friday show that if Bobby Lashley had not came out on SmackDown, you would completely forget that the three prophets have are doing a new role and playing yeah. a new character because the way they came out and the way they wrestled was still the same. And it took Bobby Lashley coming out for you to go, oh yeah, they're paired up with Bobby Lashley. I need to see some kind of change in their attitude. But I mean, I enjoyed the segment, but like I said, I was hoping they would be down there to do business, right? They're part mm -hmm. of her business 2.0. They still don't have a name and try to scoop up somebody, whether it's Trick, whether it's Mellow, but that's what I thought they were doing there. Yeah. Um, so we had a group A match qualifier for the NXT Global Heritage Invitational. The video package for this was quite good. Spelling out group A, group B, who the contenders are, all competing for the Heritage Cup. You know who's one of the contenders, Glenn? Butch. Butch. Two points for a win, one point for a draw, zero points for a loss. No, you get a point for losing, which makes no sense. No, no, no. no. You get zero draw. points for losing, one point for a draw. Same rules. As, this is a lowercase G1. This is a mini G1. Okay, so why did they get a round point? Robin tournament. Why did the people that lost tonight get a point? Who got? Well, that would be wrong in the way that they. You only get a point if it's a draw. It's a weird system that doesn't quite make sense. Like, unless they're going to have the storyline be that two guys, like one guy gets two draws and somehow gets two points to tie the win. 
I'll tell you what doesn't make sense is how this is being called a global heritage invitational. It's more of a colonial heritage invitational. It's like NXT UK and Akira Tozawa. There's nothing really global about this. It's like saying that the royal family is global because Meghan Markle is there. It's a colonial heritage invitational, okay? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, as AJ Styles would say, we all live on this big flat globe together. <laughs> You're never gonna let that go, are you? Um, I thought they made this seem like a really big deal. Butch versus Charlie Dempsey, Drew Gulak and Damon Kemp was a good opener, I thought, to this. Butch getting the win. This could be kind of hot. Yeah, we're gonna get some great technical wrestling matches. Um I'm just looking forward to the final when Noam Dar gets to compete again. But yes, very good technical wrestling matches. Yes. Um and then Metaphor confronted Ilya Dragunov after. How come he's not in this tournament? I feel like this is right up his alley. I mean, they basically got eight Noam Dars in this, and Noam, I mean, eight uh, Ilya Dragunovs in this, and Ilya Dragunov doesn't get to compete? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, but, oh, what happened with all this? Sorry, this is when my, when my dinner order arrived. That makes this. sense what Baby Ice is saying. They did, if you looked at the chart, the way they presented it on the screen, they put a one to mark yes. the loss, which made it appear like they were giving a point. Like so point. I, I, but you know what? Like the entire Heritage Cup has been confusing. So why would the Invitational not be confusing as well? You know what I mean? But yeah, when, when you look at the a graphic, they would put a one. So that's where I, I guess I got that from. So Aura Mensa came down and got in Dragunov. I don't understand why anybody would voluntarily uh, call off Dragunov unless you're just uh, a masochist. Yeah, I don't know. Aura Mensa, man. It just seems like a really stupid idea. My thoughts are with Aura Mensa. I am supporting him. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to... I don't know what he's trying to do, but it's stupid. It's stupid. Well, Dana Brooke and Kalani Jordan took on Electra Lopez and Lola Vice tonight. With Electra Lopez and Lola Vice looking great, really gelling as a team and getting a win. New yeah. favorite tag team. Yeah, when just in time. Girls were killing it. Just in time for there to be no NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. Yeah, but also Chelsea and, and Sonya. Like, well, I'm sorry. Who is Sonya and Piper Niven? They're, Piper. they're not doing anything. So why not build some tag teams and maybe go back and forth? You have main roster people showing mm-hmm. up on NXT. Why not? Not that you, because you do have tag teams that we don't know where the hell they're at, right? We're out of a fire. I need, you know how Champa has been doing the missing team for Gargano? We need yeah. to do a missing team for Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. I don't maybe know if they're in the woods. Injured. I don't know what's going on, but. Witchcraft. Um, maybe, yeah. they open through portal, maybe they open portal through time, you know? Well, I just say, I love them as a tag team. I thought they worked very great tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And Lola has a lot of supporters in the crowd, very much over it. People very excited about Lola Vice. I like this match. I thought this is, you know, I have very low expectations because the experience level is low, but they did just fine. I liked it. Dana Brooke uh, threw a fit. She was upset about losing tonight. This Dana Brooke, people aren't giving. I like I like this Dana Brooke character. I think she's gonna find her way. I really like the heel Dana Brooke character. It would be amazing though if she was on a rant and she was like, "This is not happening again. This happened on Raw. This happened on SmackDown. I was told the next was gonna be different." Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Friend, like this is bullshit. <laughs> like she should just snap. Actually, you know what would be really funny with Dana Brooke? If they did like a Truman Show thing and they were like, it's as if they're literally out to get me and everything is predetermined. <laughs> It's not bad. The the Dana show. Yeah, and just like she feel like she goes into a match and she's like, I got it this time. And no matter what she does, she somehow just keeps losing. And she's like, it's like they decided I was gonna lose before I even went in this match. That also kind of sounds like the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Yeah, but yeah, that could be interesting. Like she should just yeah. realize legitimately the odds are st- like it's it's all stacked against her. It's all rigged. You know? I mess with it. Yeah. Kelvin Alexander with a $5 super chat saying, Electra and Lola, one is God intended, God is good. <laughs> Kelvin, stay thirsty, man. <sighs> so, speaking of women's wrestling, can you believe on All In, the biggest attended wrestling event of all time? Tony Khan had the gall to only book one women's match on the card. Yes, I can. Barely booked it, too. It was the shortest match on the show. Very short match. Paige, at least it had a happy ending. You know, Paige and her good family. That was good to see. Yeah, that was Coming nice. out to We Will Rock You. They gave her the pageantry and whatnot. But the entrance was beautiful when she came out with the family. I that really was great. Really yeah, that. great moment. But with Mercedes, though, I'm not seeing people stoked about Mercedes. The potential of her going to AEW. Why would you? Be she did get a huge pop in the building in no, terms of the crowd liking absolutely her. Absolutely, yeah, no, I, I would, love her. They shouldn't but, be. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, unless they're going to drastically, and then this is the problem. You know why? Because we've been—if this happened a year ago—but we've been fooled so many times. They debut this beloved women's wrestler. Oh, everything's going to change. TK is finally getting it together, man. The women's division—he's really going to build that women's division. This is like your dad. This is like your dad being like, "Look, when I get that raise next year, then you'll get to go to summer camp." (laughs) And she's going to push back and push back and push back. You're never going to camp, kid. Don't trust that man. He's lying to you. I don't. I don't see Mercedes showing up tomorrow, Dylan. I, I, from what I heard, she still has a massive walking boot. That's what they only show her sitting in the audience. She's still, she's still recovering from that. Yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't. I, I, I mean, they gotta tease, you know, build that anticipation. So. Yeah, you got to do a number with Mercedes in terms of when she's going to be there. It shouldn't be some surprise that they do for just a pop. And there should be a plan, too, because maybe that is part of the problem is that they just throw these women out as a surprise and they never had a plan to begin with. We need a plan in terms of who our opponents are going to be. When is she going to challenge for the title and all that kind of stuff? Because until further notice, AEW is where women's wrestling goes to die. Yes. So... Trick Williams congratulated Carmelo Hayes on his win at Heat Wave. And uh, Williams says he talks to Street Profits, but a little bit of tension between Carmelo and Trick tonight. That tension was built by Melo himself. Trick is still keeping it real. He just didn't want to finish listening to Trick's sentence. Yes. Do you think they're going to run Dragunov and Melo again? Because that's what it feels oh, like yeah. we're headed, right? Okay. I don't, I'm not mad at that. Will Chisholm, $5, saying, do we really trust the AEW locker room and Tony Khan with Mercedes Monet and AEW? I do not trust anyone in that locker room, especially based on what we've been hearing. CM Punk might step up to her. It could get messy. Um, As long as she doesn't bring glasses. If if her eyeglasses are made of real glass, we might have a problem. Dijak versus Eddie Thorpe. And did you notice they made an off, uh, they made like one offhanded reference to hard justice, but I feel like they've sunsetted that because of us and others that sort of ran that into the ground. <laughs> hard, like the TNA hard justice? No, remember Dijak, like he's going to dish out hard justice. Oh, yes, yes. There were lots of jokes made about <laughs> how that sounds. So tonight it was very minimal. But look, Eddie Thorpe, the Eddie Thorpe era keeps going, even though Dijak won tonight. Eddie Thorpe is getting massively over. Yeah. 
Biggest star in NXT right now. Wait, who? <laughs> Eddie Thorpe. Eddie Thorpe. I feel He's like... a DJ. We're being facetious. Oh, okay. Just making sure. I like Eddie Thorpe. I hope for the best for Eddie Thorpe, but uh, I, I didn't care about him tonight. Dijak, uh, Dijak is... Yeah. Like, Dijak is just not connecting. I don't think Dijak's thing has ever worked. I think Dijak is connecting, but I do think that Torp is feels he... like backwards for him after the matches that he had. I don't think that Eddie Torp is up there for somebody. It, it also it feels the same way for Dragunov going against Oro Mensah next after the matches that we just saw them have. It just feels yeah. like they're going back somewhere in the mid car where they just well, give him a match just to give him a match. And then, you know, what's with uh, 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 Von Wagner showing up talking about tabling braun breaker and braun breaker you know makes his own t-shirt in response like t-shirt worked it triggers me every time i see it spear of all in the business you know he's not wrong man i'm so glad you're leaving (laughs) 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 number two there's nothing wrong with having the second greatest spear in the business it's a big business and a lot of people who do the spear you're banned from collision, Alfred. <laughs> um, I am going to start crying if we talk about watching this tribute to Bray Wyatt again. I saw this. Yeah, they keep showing it. Friday on my travel delay back and just like putting on my sunglasses, having an ugly cry in the middle of the airport. In Denver. Like, it's a great tribute. It's a really great tribute. Great. This is still really affected me. I've been off social media largely. It's just it's in the more details we get, it becomes harder to talk about. Just yeah. uh, I um I've shared on Twitter today that I feel like I've Googled is it normal to grease somebody you didn't know more times than ever because it's it's being this one effed me up in a way yeah. that it felt like family. Like it felt like somebody that I was really close to passed away. And the first time I saw the tribute, I was like, I cried on stream, which I have never done before. Like it's really, it really played up. Like it hit home. It hit home is the best way to say it. And man, I don't know that, I don't know that that's going to be one that we're able to move on from anytime soon. There was a grieving. This guy, Bray Wyatt, had such a strong connection with fans and media and anybody in wrestling, myself included, that when he was just abruptly taken away from us during the pandemic in terms of him mm-hmm. losing his job, there was an uproar like nothing I've seen in terms of other mm-hmm. people. And there were hundreds of people who lost their job during the pandemic. People were incensed that Bray Wyatt was taken from us. And so this was that times a billion in terms of just finding out and going through the grief, like literal denial for a very, very, very long period of time of me just checking everything to make sure that I don't know if this is real or not. So it was I got I got a screenshot on my phone and I my first instinct it was the Triple H screenshot. I got it a minute after he tweeted I was doing something else. And I my first instinct was to open Twitter and check Triple H's Twitter myself, thinking it was yeah. a hoax. Somebody was sending me a fake screenshot. Like yeah, and, right. and they, I'm reading it and I still couldn't believe it. It's gonna be one of those where were you when? Like I'll yeah. never forget how I like I got pale. I had to sit down. I had to like process. And you talk about the connection that he made with people. My first instinct was call my 68 year old mother because that's her favorite freaking wrestler. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if, she, if she don't find out from me, she's going to be upset because obviously of what I do, you know, but like he's one of my favorites. I put Bray Wyatt in my, you know, top 10 of all time, like forever. Yeah. Like this has nothing to do with what happened this week. He's always been up there for yeah. me. And, you know, and I and you see this little kid dressed as the Fiend in shows and he just talks about his range and the people that he's able to connect to and the people that he was able to bring in. You know, I shared the story so many times this week, but I went and ran around WrestleCon in Dallas just for Bray. It was like, I was like, I would put, I had the cash. I was like, this is the person that I will pay this money to meet. Yeah. And I am not leaving WrestleCon until I have my Bray Wyatt interaction, which, you know, a lot of times people say, take the picture, meet your heroes, do it, do it. Because I, you know, I had that picture and I had an incredible moment that me and him talked about horror films. It was not a character thing. It was not a nothing. We're just talking about scary movies, like two geeks. And yeah, I'll never forget because the route that they had set up for him was empty. And I thought I had missed him. So I'm like running around wow. finding him and I found him and I'm freaking, why is Jack Farmer here? He's talking me now. I love you, Jack. I love you, Jack. But What's I'm like, Jack? I'm like running around, like thinking I miss. And then when I finally find him, I'm like almost out of breath. Like, oh my God, I thought I missed you. He's like, 
no, I'm right here. Gave me a hug like he's known me his whole life. That is the kind of person that he was. And man, I I just can't. But I'm glad he was acknowledging every single show. And the tribute that they did, WWE, our masters, that that is so beautiful that it can be played over and over again. And you will watch it every single time and get sad, but also get joy. The moments, yeah. the feels that this guy gave us in such a short period of time. I, I can sit here and talk about Bray Wyatt moments that I love for hours and not run out. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. No, you I'm talking about rewatching, and I think the Firefly Funhouse match is the greatest rewatch of any wrestling match because every time you go back and watch it, you'll see something different something or it'll new. change the way you see the match. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've rewatched the Firefly Funhouse match. A lot of the pandemic I spent rewatching that match. They have it. Every they have it all. Time the I saw something new. The yeah, full matches match. on YouTube. WWE has been doing such an excellent job. Uh, my first rewatch that I went back to is there's a there's a one YouTube video is every episode of the Firefly Funhouse. That's oh, what nice. I went mm. and rewatched. WWE has put together I think it's two playlists. It's all Bray Wyatt. Mm. Um, I I'm going through these weird stages of grief with this. Where the first day I watched a few things and and it was comforting. Now I can't watch it. Because I start crying. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah. it's going to take me some time to be able to go back and watch some of his stuff. But uh, the Hell in a Cell match with Roman is one of my favorites. This is a throwback. The Anyone But You Roman feud was absolutely incredible stuff. Um, and I love the Firefly Inferno match. I know that was pandemic wrestling. But the visuals that we got, because it was inside of the Thunderdome, like Randy RKOing a feed on fire is a visual that is just something that you just never think you're going to see. Like... Man, I'm going to try to be happy because it happened. But every time that I think I'm never going to see that entrance again, like I get choked up like it's crazy. And I think it's it's important that WWE is extending this tribute. And this isn't to take anything away from any legend or Hall of Famer or WWE figure who has passed away. And, and obviously fans, uh, you know, grieve their loss and have fond memories. But with Bray being so well known to people that are watching i mean known to everyone that is watching current wrestling this is very hard and i think about younger fans that are seeing this and processing it and it's just it's really sad i mean this is you know a huge loss one of the most creative minds ever in the history of the business terrible tragedy um you know with his health problems and uh his babies passing away i know and his, his children i mean it's just it's it's really sad and i'm glad they're Taking this extra time because, um, you know, if you look at the faces of the roster that were out there Friday, I mean, you could see it. Like, this wasn't just their coworker, this was their friend. And it's just uh, hard to really fathom that, that loss. The one thing that we're really getting out of this is people, not just the roster, because Becky Lynch shared a beautiful story about Bray last night. Um, but there's also fans coming out. There's a picture, a screenshot of a fan that had a conversation with him and, and mm -hmm. how he gave her advice when she was going through depression. Like, there's so many things coming out that we had no idea. It's, it's, yeah. He was a beautiful person in and out, and it's, it's, it's a devastating loss. Absolutely. See, now I don't want to talk about the next match. It's hard. It's very, very hard. I know. Um, Joe Coffey with Gallus versus Nathan Frazier in a group B match for the NXT Global Heritage Invitational. Yeah. Very good technical wrestling match. <laughs> Alfred, you said that about the first one. Yeah, wait, that's all these are. Wait, all these are it's wait, a colonial wait, heritage wait, invitation. Wait. They do technical wrestling, no stories. That's Alfred, all it is. It's because he's leaving now, he's phoning it in. He yeah, Alfred, like, this is your version. Of, this is your version of Matt Morgan's like, I can watch these guys wrestle watch these guys wrestle all day. You know, <laughs> this will be my analysis for every colonial heritage invitational match, which basically is repeating the same wrestlers. Duke Hudson and Akira Tazaro are the two that I want to win. But these are good technical wrestling matches. There's nothing else that I have to say about these matches. Ask me, Glenn. Ask me. What did you think of this match? It was a good technical wrestling match. Wow, what a great take. God, I didn't even think to say that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, tough, tough placement in the show. I think that... Um, I think the metaphor Noam Dar storyline has been very good. Yes. And made the heritage cap uh storyline interesting but i don't think that i don't know i almost wonder that they mistake 
the success of that storyline with interest in the Heritage Cup when it's really Noam Dar's antics that have sold it. Right. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, it's all Noam Dar. And because they had two Heritage Cups and... I mean, they are showcasing Noam Dar with the storyline, whether he's got his own lounge. And so we're getting a lot of Noam yeah. Dar. Yeah. Um, Malik Black saying, hope Nathan Frazier is okay. Yeah, that was scary. He hit the ropes and his neck kind of snapped back. And that was very scary. And the referee checked on him for a while. So he was able to continue and finish the match. But he might have gotten a stinger or something like that. But I hope he's okay. Yeah. No, I hope so. Um Joe Coffey won that. Oh, and then Thea Hale is hanging out with JC Jane, who's a bad influence, getting her to cut class from Chase U. See, now this Chase U storyline is the opportunity to troll the CM Punk drama, is that Thea Hale is a CM Punk malcontent who's getting into fights with the other students, isn't getting along with people. They suspend her. They have to give her her own class because she can't get along with her. There's a million things you can do with this Thea Hale storyline and mimic CM Punk. So wait, is JC Jane uh, a steal? Yeah, absolutely. She's throwing chairs at Duke Hudson and hurting. She's biting people. Is she biting people? <laughs> yes, you know it. They need a dog. They need a dog mascot to chase you. And you we know? name him Harry. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I'm telling you. <laughs> My favorite thing was Duke Hudson trying to still defend Thea. Like, well, she's never missed a class. I'm sure it's okay. She misses one. And like, Andre Chase is like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where I, they were going with Duke uh, mouthing along and trying to do the math on the Heritage Cup. How like, did he not know he was Australian? No, but that was funny because it sounds like it, but then he goes, I thought you were New Zealand, which is a very good excuse yeah. because very similar accents. Uh, so that was very entertaining. And then we had the Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match for the NXT Women's Championship. Roxanne Perez versus Blair Davenport versus Gigi Dolan versus Kiana James. Alfred, what did you think of this match? I thought it was great, man. I thought it was all action. I feel like Roxanne Perez is going to go heel, and I would be all for it. I think she's – it'd be weird because she's so small, but she does a very good job with her facials, kind of similar to what Wes Lee is doing as a heel in terms of just kind of being more whiny. But I thought this match was excellent. I thought there was just nothing but action from the opening bell. They all did a great job. I liked it. And I was very surprised that Keanu James won. That's going to be a very weird pairing because these are two of yeah. the biggest, like, not Keanu James isn't even a cool heel. These are two traditionally bad heels in terms of bad guys. And I don't know how they're going to navigate this. I don't know if Keanu's going to turn face. Yeah. I love this match. I thought everybody looked great here. Um, I, I, everybody got to show off. I'm with you. We're seeing a different side of Roxanne. I'm also like, Blair is just growing on me every single time I see her out there just very shocked by the winner and I was even like asking everybody in my chat like oh who do you got and I get, I tell you nobody said Kiana like yeah. nobody but I was critical of the fact that I feel like in the last few that we put Tiffany in people ended up liking Tia more and, and that feud mm. did more for Tia than it did for Tiffany and I feel like we gotta do damage control with Tiffany and I feel like hey Tiffany beating Kiana is it might help get her back to mm. you know because I I do think that I I think that if it's a feud for Tiffany to continue her reign then I'd rather her beat Kiana and I think more people will be in the side of Tiffany even though you're not supposed to technically because she's heel but this is a heel versus heel I think this will get people to root for Tiffany and, and get her back in the track that we were at before the Tia Hale feud what if it turns out Kiana James is the daughter of the of daddy? Tiffany, yes, of Tiffany Stratton's boyfriend. Daddy, say daddy. But He's not boyfriend. I'm not daddy. saying. There's I'm not a, saying. That. But there's two completely different. I, things I, I refuse to say that. Daddy, Glenn. I will say her sugar daddy. How about that? No, no, no just <laughs> yeah. daddy. Because she wouldn't say with sugar daddy. She'll say my daddy. What if Sebastian is the daddy? What if that's the we're coming ooh, full circle? Ooh, yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Um. Remember, like that. What if they are both like, oh my god! What if they're both the sugar babies of the same daddy? Kiana <laughs> has a lot of money. We don't know where this money is coming is a from. Businesswoman, thank yeah, you. yeah, she that's why she makes us things. A lot of us like to keep our sugar daddies behind closed doors. People don't need to know about it. <laughs> so you, 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 I own this business. It's all money laundering for the money the sugar daddy's giving you. Why do you need the money? Launder the money. You don't need to launder the money. It's a gift. The IRS doesn't tax it. I don't know. 
If that Keanu way, the sugar daddy doesn't think that he's providing you with everything, so that way they don't think you're dependent <laughs> on them. Yeah, Glenn, you don't know how to play this game, bro. No, I don't. I'm a 47 year old man. I've never looked into the fire. You've never had a sugar mama? Uh, I've, it's been a dream, but <laughs> I told this story before that I heard, like, you know, David Lee Ross version of Just a Gigolo when I was like eight years old, and I was like, tell me more about this Gigolo lifestyle. I'm curious. Yeah, look into it. Yeah. Um, but no, I think there's a lot of story potential here. Uh, I was gonna say, remember that month where Gigi Dolan was a baby face? No, I do. Yeah, it's good times. It was fun while it lasted. Well, if uh, you're gonna turn Kiana James into a baby face, they could do it by having her invest all that money in underserved black communities. I think that would be a very easy way to okay. have her. No, I mean, I'm with it. Money. I'm with it. Um. If she's a baby face, if she's a heel, <laughs> if she's a heel, this is going to be like why gentrification. It's going to be like why Clef and Haiti, allegedly. <laughs> oh man, you're making allegedly. her all the way heel. Allegedly. <laughs> what the hell? Um, but no, actually, gentrification storyline would be pretty good too. Oh God, that's what they need. If, when they're ready to like heat her up, if she's like ready to be a champion, they do a gentrification storyline. Let me tell you. Yeah, and, and you know, Road Dog is like, what do you mean? Gentrification's awesome. Like, <laughs> I don't get like why this makes her a heel. Yeah, she's she's a businesswoman trying to give the people what they want. They just need to work harder. <laughs> uh, and then Joe Gacy gets involved. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, Kelvin Alexander, five dollars super chat saying Kiana's very talented. A loss won't kill her heat. All right, you seem to be saving Gigi and Blair for something later. What is up with Stevie Turner? Is she NXT Anonymous? Miles Bourne is getting a match. We saw that in the NXT Anonymous account tonight. Oh, that's who that was. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Miles Turner. Maybe her streaming career took off. Maybe she's doing like more IRL stuff now, so she don't have time to come to the mm. performance center because she's. Doing the fussy tube stuff, like you know, <laughs> she's out touching grass. She logged off. She's in real life. Ooh, Riggs Oil is a good point. Maybe Keanu James is laundering money for stacks. Oh, I don't hate it. I love me an interconnecting storyline. So love interconnecting storylines. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Oh, it sounds it's like so Stevie's good. injured. So I don't, you know, we do oh. have a. How'd she get injured? Report. She's like, wait, wait, wait. Well, like she could be an NXT anonymous. She has she carpal tunnel. Oh, Maybe okay. it was from streaming. Yeah. You can get in your first stream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, no, Stevie Turner. I hope you get well soon. You're the future of NXT, but that that would be that'd be a good storyline explanation, you know? Yeah, she was doing one of those streams where you do dumb stuff for donations, and then like that should be the storyline. <laughs> Phil broke a leg or something. Like it would be hilarious. Yeah. It's not actually funny. I'm sorry. No, it's, I didn't mean it. No, injuries are never funny. We hope that she recovers and we expect her back better than ever. You but get the point. Hypothetically, the point. I agree yeah. with what you're saying. <laughs> um, so. Kiana James, new number one contender, had a face-off with Tiffany Stratton at the end of this episode. Sugar Daddy in a pole match coming right. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. And it's flipping it because the Sugar Daddy's on the pole. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this uh, is what it said. And like, this is going to be interesting because you got these two massive heels and the crowd has no idea what to do. Like, should we be cheering? Should we be booing one of them? And it's like literally the two biggest heels, I would say, in terms of their character in NXT. Yeah. And then the cliffhanger was Carmelo knocking on HBK's door. He didn't knock. He went right oh, in. Oh, he just went, went, went in. Sorry. He, he, he no figuratively show. knocked on his door. What if there was something going on in there? <laughs> what would be going on in there, Issa? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. We're going to get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all go out together. <laughs> no, just because you're leaving doesn't mean we don't want our job. Come on, let's blow this thing up. No, I mean, like, what if he was having a meeting or something, you know? Sure. Yeah, that's the worst thing he could have possibly interrupted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm intrigued. It's, it's interesting that Carmelo is the champ because I feel like, oh, and then we got the video message from Wesley. He was just taking some time to. Why was he in the desert? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
Um, man, I love NXT. It was a weird, I like it. This was a weird episode tonight. It not was. gonna lie. Um, but yeah, NXT is just, it's, it's, there's no other wrestling show that I watch that I even have this, these stupid jokes or hypotheses or, you know what I mean? Like, we can't sit yeah. there. Like in on SmackDown, it's literally like, well, with the bloodline, what if this happens? And that's pretty much the story. Oh, wait, shit. We forgot to talk about the thing that made me laugh the most tonight. And that was the Los Lotharios. Oh, God. Yeah. Holy but, but shit. Holy shit. That was weird. So one of them had a dream and woke up with like <laughs> blood on his chest. And the other one knocked on the door and he was like, oh, I had a dream. My father's like, I had the same dream. Yeah, but I have these marks here. And then he pulled back. His shirt to show he had the same scratch marks on his chest. This is... First of all, they didn't show the scratch marks, so they just showed him waking up with blood in the bed. Yeah, I know. And I, and I was going to be like, did he murder somebody? Like, I really thought this could have gone in some interesting directions. And it went in a ridiculous direction. It was amazing. Amazing. I thought It reminded me of the movie Quarantine, where they would, like, get bit by a rat. And then, like, yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Like, uh, they were getting some Wolverine. Or if they don't start turning into werewolves when they return, I'm gonna be upset. See, well, it's their new logo. It's, their new it's logo. It's weird like, that that they like it. I think. I think this would be a good way to like, like the way they did it. Oh my god! They imprinted. They imprinted on each other. Did they? I don't know. Are they were like. Pop? Yeah, like they like the, the like the werewolves on Twilight. They imprinted on each other. Oh, that's beautiful. What does that call when cats have to be together? Like paw print. Bonded pop? pair. Bonded pair. But isn't there? There's a paw thing to it, isn't it? Is that is that what no, they are? They're like a bond. They scratch each other to bond. I don't know that that's a thing. It's like blood brothers, which I, you know, I have to admit there were some diseases that made the rounds in the '80s. Kind of killed the whole blood brothers phenomenon. As a little kid, in every other movie, it was like, oh, I'm cutting my hand, I'm cutting here. Now we're blood brothers. We're bonded for life. And then in the mid-80s, something happened where maybe that's not the smartest idea, kids. As soon as you said that, all I could think of is Alan cutting his head in The Hangover. Bro, brothers. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm was, not going to cut myself. <laughs> go back and watch anything from the 70s. And I, you would think that like that was the hot, highest way that two men could bond was becoming blood brothers. Well, they printed. And their cousins. Uh, so can they I be blood have, brothers? I, Think about it. I yeah, mean, in Twilight, this, this 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 wolf imprinted with a baby, or maybe that's the story. Maybe they're not related at all, and because they imprinted on each other, that's how they figure it out. Well, the Malik Ooh. is saying the the granddad ghost is who scratched them. That's what I. Yeah, that, that is child abuse is what I think is going on. But I, I, I think granddad ghost. That's a good character. <laughs> it would be a much better story if, like, one by one, different wrestlers in NXT had scratches on them. They didn't know who did it. <laughs> not that these two. <laughs> Relatives have scratches and they like it and they're all happy that they're bleeding. There's a mad Very scratcher. Weird. The yes. scratches made no sense. It's like a literal animal. Calvin R. Alexander, $5, saying Ariana Grace is cleared to resume ring in reaction. Anna Kiefer, aka Big Ange, is as well. Thank you for that. That's the good. We always love that. They're werewolves. They're definitely werewolves that imprinted on each other because oh, see, this is I like would like that. Wait, so are they going to change their name to literally like Los Lobos? Oh, and then WWE <laughs> WWE didn't bother to search the trademark and they didn't realize there's a band with that name. No, they They're absolutely have to change should. It. Well, they'll name it Los Lobotarios. Oh, Los Lobotarios. <laughs> I hope Good. they go all the way supernatural with this. They shouldn't reel this in. Like, now we've gone off the beaten path. They better they have be Michael werewolf. Jackson and a yes. music video eyes next week. Yes. Oh like, I God. need to see this transformation, and then they stop shaving, and, like, all the body hair starts, like, oh, my God, it's going to be great. Hey, Halloween is in less, what, in about a month, just over a month. This should build to Thriller. Like, yeah. This segment, if if you have a friend, ladies and gentlemen, that doesn't watch NXT, Do I want you to show them, no, I want you to show them this segment and be, there's a professional wrestling show that is watched by half a million people a week. And they put this on the air. And this is a fucking storyline on NXT. Why aren't you watching this insane show? Yeah. <laughs> I love NXT. This is amazing that they do things like this. So now, for continuity's sake, every time we see them, they're going to have to have these scratches in the exact same place every single time. That's tough, man. That's, that's commitment, you know? 
they're gonna like paint them on and so during the matches they're gonna sweat and it's gonna start smearing everywhere <laughs> unless every week the freaking ghost granddad scratches them in a different spot <laughs> no Jesus. but okay they should have more wounds then it doesn't that's not how scratches work when they disappear when you get a new one a- after all in i'm good without seeing blood in wrestling for a while like good lord yes yes that was a Hours of blood. It's the stadium stampede match alone, which I thought was the best match. Of the I love that match. I had so much fun watching it. <sighs> but I so, love violence. I hear you're a fan. Yep. Not a werewolf, though. <laughs> Wait, did, did Pillman start with uh, NXT? Is that confirmed? I don't know. No, I haven't seen him. Well, all I see in the news is CM Punk. So if he was confirmed, he got lost in the CM Punk show. For- I think that's why Alfred. I'm telling you, this is a this is like maybe not a million dollar. This is like a ten thousand dollar idea <laughs> to just start a CM Punk dedicated website, podcast, news updates, and that way, like it can it, we don't have to have it infiltrate every other piece of wrestling news. Why would we, we want to talk about dedicated. CM Punk for a whole hour? At least here we can. Just- no, Alfred could do an hour every day. All day, every day. Alfred don't want to be here. I'm going to have a CM Punk. It's going to be like CNN, but with CM Punk. It'll be the Alfred same. doesn't go here no more. He doesn't even go here. He says very hurt by this decision. I am. I, have, I am. I have one more class, and then I don't go here. Unfortunately. There you have it. Well, tune in Friday. Tune Alfred, in tomorrow. Alfred, does it bother you that Glingy's not like bother at all like at least i'm, I'm upset hurt it's, it's not real there. yet it's not real yet it'll be real friday yeah this is okay. see you later yeah it'll be real friday and, I, and i'll be back i'll be i'll still be in your guys's lives whether you want me there or not okay gotta come out to vegas man provided oh, there's not sure. another so that's COVID how wave. we got rid of him was like if he quits the show we don't talk to him anymore. anyway <laughs> <laughs> you can't quit me <laughs> i wish i knew how to quit you oh my god <laughs> Garsang over. <laughs> Anyways, I wrap co- it up. Let I'm wrapping it up. Everybody, tomorrow night, tune in for AW coverage. The fallout from all in, and Friday, you're not going to want to miss it. Alfred Kanawa's last, last podcast on Wrestling Inc. with myself and Isa covering SmackDown. Everybody, have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Love you guys. Bye.